interviews and insights with the biggest names in Canadian baseball. This is the CBN Podcast. Welcome back to Canadian Baseball Network Podcast, everyone. Today we have a very special and timely guest with the World Baseball Classic, literally right around the corner. Our guest today played 15 major league seasons as a a catcher, 12 of which were with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the younger generations may recognize him more for his work with Baseball Canada. He is managing Team Canada at this upcoming World Baseball Classic. Our guest today is Ernie Witt. We're very excited to welcome to the show the manager of Team Canada for the 2023 World Baseball Classic, Ernie Witt. Ernie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. So I want to start, obviously, the Classic is right around the corner, but let's kind of jump back to the roster announcement. Can you just kind of give me your initial impressions when you saw the finalized roster for for the team? Well, I mean, you know, there's some players that are not on it that I wish were on it. Uh, but again, it goes to, you know, that that's their decision to make. And, uh, you know, we sit down and we have a depth chart and we talk about the players that we'd like to have on the team. And uh, we we invite them to play, and then it's in their hands whether they want to do it or not. You know, if we had all the players that that, that are playing Major League Baseball, you know, that are Canadian, we we, we would have a pretty good team. We could compete, uh, but some people choose not to, and that's their that's their option, and I I respect that. But it's uh, it is disappointing at times when you reach out to a player. Is there a certain amount of time that you kind of give them to get back to you of, of whether they want to participate or not? Well, most of the guys that we reached out to that are that have big league service time, we reach out uh, probably three months in advance, and uh, some are excited right away, and then all of a sudden they start thinking about it, and their situations change. They might sign with another team. Uh, they may not be feeling right at the time. They think maybe it's uh, – uh, too much, too early for them to, to to take on this challenge. And again, you know, we we invite them and we we try to put the best team forward. The one thing, that, you know, that that I've always have said is that I want a player that wants to play and is committed to it 100 percent. You know, if there's any doubt in their mind, then I'd rather them just stay with their camp or, or de- decline the invitation. When you're making these decisions and and going through that depth chart that you mentioned, how much, how involved are you as a manager in the actual selection of the team, as opposed to somebody like Greg Hamilton having his say and, and so on? Well, Greg, Greg puts, I mean, he does all the legwork. There's, there's no question about it. Greg and I have been working together over 20 years now. and We, we kind of have a feel. Uh, we, we, we are on the same page with a lot of stuff. And, you know, he's the one that has seen these players more than I have. And he's the one that, you know, he, he understands the culture that I try to create in the clubhouse and with the players. And he's he's outstanding at, at putting it together. But again, it, it, there is discussion that goes on, um, especially when you get down to the, you know, the bottom half of the rosters, like what what is going to, you know, do us better. And like this year, we've talked about, you know, having maybe 15 pitchers. We, in the end, we decided we're going to have 17 because we have like three or four that haven't pitched in a year or two. And we don't know whether they're going to be able to hold up for the tournament. So we we just 
took caution on the side of, uh, of, of taking an extra one or two pitchers instead of position players. Yeah. So you look at a, you mentioned, you know, it may not be the right time for certain players given spring training and they may be with a new team or, you know, seeking a new contract, whatever the case may be. Do you, I don't want to talk too much about the guys that aren't here, but do you think that March is the right time for this tournament? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I, I Absolutely. I, I think the concept of the, the tournament is outstanding. I, I really do. There's so much passion and pride that goes into every player that plays on that team because they've got their country on their chest. Uh, unfortunately, you really don't have the true sense of baseball to, with a lot of players because March, I mean, there's pitch limits that you have to have. Uh, you know, we have restrictions from organizations, not only with the MLB uh, pitch limits, but organizational pitch limits or innings played by a position player. So again, all that comes into play where I think if we had it, you know, mid-season, July, I think that would work out the best. That's interesting because when I think about it, I, I always question whether March is the right time and nobody asked me and, and rightfully so, but um, I was thinking maybe after the season, but I never really think about in-season, kind of like an Olympic break for hockey, but that's an interesting concept. You think that would be probably ideal as far as having guys ready to go and kind of more in a more traditional manner? I, I think that would be ideal. But again, it's a tricky part of it is that you're, you're now putting MLB on pause uh, for say, you know, they've, they've expedited this tournament this, this time for like 10 days. So you'd have to pause MLB, you know, 10 days during the middle of the season. And I don't know whether the owners would want to do that or not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that would definitely go into that as well. And it, you kind of segued me into my next question. How difficult is it to manage a team like this, manage the players' team's expectations, manage the players' expectations, all while trying to win on, on the world stage? Well, you know, it, it is challenging, to say the least. It, it is very challenging. My job and my staff's job is to take the players uh, are on our team and continue to prepare them for their season. Uh, there's there's no question that, you know, they're, they're in spring training. They're, they're trying to get themselves in shape to prepare for the upcoming season. So there's a lot of extra work going on pre-game and post-game just to get these guys ready to go. Jumping kind of ahead now to, to this roster, who are some of the guys that you're really looking forward to seeing on the world stage that maybe – You've seen before, but you're just excited to see again, or some guys that you may not have seen that you'll get to get to see play in person. I, you know, Freddie Freeman is is outstanding. He was with us at the last classic and a tremendous leader, and his presence in the clubhouse is outstanding. Uh, you, you go around the infield. Uh, I had uh, Julian probably I think like four years ago, just right after he signed out of college, and then he hurt his his arm, his elbow. So I haven't really seen him in competition. And, you know, the, everything I hear, he's really a good, pretty good offensive player, and he's improving on his defense. Uh, Otto Lopez has played for us before. He's with the Jays organization. Um, I've got him penciled in to play shortstop. He's so versatile, he could play any place. Uh, he, he played with us a few years back at one of our Pan Am games, our qualifier. And he was he he did a great job for us. 
So the first-time player this year for us is uh, Abraham Toro also. He's probably going to play third base because uh, Charlie LeBlanc had some injuries, some issues with his health. He had to remove himself from the roster. So we're going to move Toro over to third base. In the outfield, you, you know, we got Tyler O'Neill. I mean, you know, he, he's a guy that can run in some baseballs and hit them a long way. So hopefully we get some instant offense out of him. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be playing center field. On, the, on the, uh, the other end of it, we've got a young player coming up in the, in the A's, Oakland A's, uh, Denzel Clark. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching him play. And, you know, he, he's known for his defense and looks like he's swinging a bat well right now with, with Oakland. So hopefully he'll, he'll add on to it also. I'm going to forget. I don't want to forget the most important part, the catcher. Uh, Bo Naylor, uh, I, I've watched video with him. I've seen him play a couple of games in, on the junior program. He's progressing extremely well with Cleveland, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching him catch also. So it's funny you mentioned Naylor, Denzel Clark, Owen Casey is another young guy, Edward Julian. How important is that for team from Baseball Canada's perspective to have these guys get this experience, especially with some of the guys that aren't here, obviously they're going to be thrust into positions that maybe they weren't intended to be at the outset, um, if everything went according to plan. But how important is that as far as the next generation of, of Canadian talent? Oh, it's extremely important. Uh, you know, I mean, again, you try to create a culture in your clubhouse and on your team. And, you know, we, we, we're in the process now or where we have some older players. Now we're bringing in some younger players. Hopefully they'll have a great experience with the WBC, uh, not only with this tournament, as you said, moving forward. I mean, this is a great, great learning experience for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll take it and run with it, and then, and then we'll see what happens as we go farther down the line. On the flip side of that, uh, you have guys like John Axford, Adam Lowen, Scott Matheson. Um, what kind of went into making, you know, having that veteran presence? How important was that in the mix as far as the roster? And, and what are you kind of expecting out of the older guys on the roster? Well, they're a part of the team where they're they're not affiliated with any organization right now. You know, I have to throw, you know, uh, Lowen or Axford, you know, two or three innings. If he doesn't go for that 65 pitch mark, you know, then we're, we're good. He, you know, they may need one day or two days off at the most. So uh, there's no restriction with those guys, but they bring a ton of experience. Uh, you, you know, with the young kids, hopefully they'll be around them and slow that wheel down that goes really extremely fast in those young kids' heads. So we try to slow that down, and uh, hopefully they learn by the experience these guys have already gone through. And now, a word from the Baseball Zone, as their 20th annual Baseball Zone Swing in a Spring March Break Baseball Camp is coming soon. TBZ welcomes all players aged 5 to 13 years old to join the Zones coaches for some baseball fun. They can develop skills while also having fun and, of course, appreciating the great game. So get out of the house and join the Baseball Zone the week of March 13th to 17th. Now back to the interview. So this team obviously comes together quickly. How important is building team chemistry and having the older and younger guys kind of create that culture that you want to see in such a short time span? To me, it's extremely important. I want them mentally prepared to play the game. And, you know, we might be the underdogs, 
But even though we're the underdogs, most countries know that they've got to fight underdogs. Our challenge is putting our players in a position where they're going to be successful. Enjoy it, gain the experience, and they'll know that they they played extremely hard during the whole tournament. We've talked about uh, the team, the roster. Let's talk a little bit about you. This is your fifth time managing Canada, the World Baseball Classic. What, and you've had a, you had a lengthy major league career. Where does managing this team rank on your list of accomplishments? <laughs> awesome for me. I mean, for all the years that I've done this, I've, I've been associated with Baseball Canada since 1999. Just uh, having the opportunity to go and put the uniform on and, and, and watch the game and play the game the right way and with passion and uh, just preparing for advancement that we go forward on so looking back over the last dating back to 2006 uh that that turn what's your i will say fondest memory it's a loaded question but your fondest memory or or some memories that you really cherish uh from this tournament specifically well we we beat the usa team in a in a game that was uh uh, back and forth and you know we were the underdogs but uh we we beat a team that uh had no business losing to us, but they did, and I guess that's why you play the game. We we had a mission at hand, and we, you know, some players came out. They were recognized for what they accomplished against beating USA, and the downside to that was that, you know, we lost going on to the second round because of a run differential, and so, I mean that was that was the disappointing part of it. So my next question, I don't know if you can tell me, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How do you line up your pitching for a tournament like this? Obviously, you mentioned the pitch limits, but you have a team like Great Britain to start, and then you jump right into the United States. Is What kind of strategy do you try to use in those situations? Well, I mean, it's in this situation that's coming up, I mean, we have to win against three countries. You know, we, we just kind of take – sometimes we take the best team and we throw them out the out the window – Say, okay, you know, we're the underdogs. You look at it on paper and, and everything, even though we did beat them before, you know, and we will play to, to win, but chances are it's going to be slim. So you, you you pick the three teams, and I, I've told this to the staff and to the players, that if we beat Great Britain, Colombia, and Mexico, we will move to the next round. They can't keep us out anyway if we win those three games. So that's our goal going in. I mean, I, my, ultimately, we'd like to win, you know, every game that we play. But sometimes in these situations, because of how many days they can pitch, we're going to be playing four straight days in a row. Uh, we have a, our bye on the first day. So that doesn't help us in giving us a break during the during the tournament. So, again, we just have to be careful of who we use in situations. We might save them for the next day. Uh, we're going to pitch Cal uh, Quantrell. Yep. The first game. Okay. And, uh, you know, he'll have his 65 pitches, and then he'll be followed by, you know, whatever we feel is best at that time. This, this tournament with the pitch limits of 65, your bullpens really play a, a big part of it. And that's something that we will get together and we'll try to line it up the best that we can, matchups. And uh, so, again, it, it's it's a tricky part. It, it's not just straight out managing. You have to kind of finagle the bagel a little bit. So, I clearly, I, I think 
Quantrill is is the ace of the staff. He's going to start game one against Great Britain, like you just mentioned. But has the other and like you said, the bullpen plays a huge role, anyways. But have the other three starters been established? Just not the order. Well, we don't know who we're going to go against USA yet. The second game, but uh, the the third game we're going to against Colombia. Uh, we're probably going to start Skiro. He's a AAA pitcher uh, with the Phillies organization. One of our more experienced. A uh, pitcher that has started at AAA, uh, we're probably going to start him. And then uh, uh, I can't pronounce the uh, the last name of the against Mexico is Zizinski. Yep, the lefty. Yes, and so we're we're probably going to start him against Mexico. You gave me more than I thought you were going to give me, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that. So it's it's yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it it's tentative. That's that's our mindset going in to start. When we have our first workout on the seventh, I'll meet with all of them, guys that I haven't met face to face. I'll introduce myself and and try to get to know them on a, a real quick scale because we play exhibition game the next day. Yeah, and like I said, it's so interesting just the way you have to really manage. It's like a chess game trying to, especially with the pitching, um, with the pitch limits and you know, keeping guys healthy and getting guys work and that sort of thing. So last question for you, tell me a little bit about this pool that Canada's in, obviously Great Britain, the U S Mexico and Colombia. What can fans expect from those teams that you're going to be facing? Well, again, Great Britain is an unknown. I mean, you, you can't take any team lightly in these tournaments. I mean, that sometimes when you're playing teams, it, you know, you're so-called, you're the favorite. Those are the most, I guess, challenging ones for a manager because you have to get your team up and prepared and and keep stressing to them that every game is important, that it's, it's this is a sprint, not a marathon. Well, I know Canadian baseball fans are really looking forward to it. And Ernie, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're um, excited for this tournament. You're fifth, and, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I can't wait. Well, that was a fantastic conversation. And and if that doesn't get you excited for the World Baseball Classic, Jackson, I don't know it will. Yeah, he was a really great conversation there with Ernie. We really appreciate his time. Uh, what an honor for us to get him on this show. And yeah, he was really candid about some of the things that are going to be happening with this roster. Um, you know, many of the players that aren't there as well. And, you know, I, I think he's he made some really good points regarding, you know, you don't have to beat the U.S. You just got to beat Great Britain, Colombia, and Mexico. That's something that we touched on, too. And he also mentioned the bye on the first day of the, the tournament not being quite as ideal. Um, yeah, a really open and interesting conversation with Ernie and and uh, gives us a real sense of kind of where they're at heading into the tournament here. Yeah, that bye is a tough draw. I think getting it on the first day really doesn't do you any good. Um, but I, I liked how he talked about Den- guys like Denzel Clark, Edward Julian, Bo Naylor, the next generation of Canadian talent. And whatever they can get out of the veterans is, you know, they're going to take. And and hopefully they gel together really quickly and, and it turns into a successful uh, mix of players for, for the tournament. But interesting, I found that he said that Quantrill will start against Great Britain. I think they really want to secure that win against Great Britain. I think Ernie mentioned like Great Britain's kind of an unknown, right? So I guess you don't want to take any team easily would be the approach there, I assume. Yeah, I think he's right. You got to, if you beat Great Britain, Colombia and Mexico, you're moving on, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you need to win those three games in the U S you, you know, you go for the upset. Um, but the coverage for the world baseball classic, obviously being the Canadian baseball network is not going to stop here. Uh, Jackson and I will be on after every game um, recapping the results and, and all the highlights. So make sure to tune in for that. 
And of course, make sure to head over and subscribe to the Canadian Baseball Network and follow them on Twitter. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out Canadian Baseball Network for extensive and comprehensive coverage of the latest in Canadian baseball. And the Baseball Zone, Canada's leading instructional baseball academy and training home to thousands of MLB, pro, college, and youth baseball players.